0: مما تنطق به الألسنى ونعتقده القلوب وتعمله الجوارح He mentioned these three things whereby Iman stems from and that is utterance of the tongue, belief in the heart and actions of one's limbs. So Shaykh Salif explains that he said العقيدة ثلاثة أركان Three pillars of عقيدة, of one's Muslim belief, باللسان, statement of the tongue, belief in the heart and actions of the limbs. It's not sufficient, he says, one or two of these, rather all three are from Iman. And what the author has done? he has generalized or summarized what this treatise contains in in terms of the introduction to to the aqidah that he's going to mention and then he mentioned also the categories of the aspects of worship in terms of obligations voluntary acts that are preferable and general manners and etiquette that one should have. And likewise he also mentioned the principles in science jurisprudence is the which, if you like, is like definitions of certain terminologies in Islam. such that the, the youth or the young who are learning this aqidah, they may know what iman is. So he mentioned these terminologies to show you what the what iman is and what this akida is. So the youth, the young, should be taught to uh, to understand these terminologies. What is Iman? That Iman is in three. Statement of the tongue. The highest form of Iman is to say La ilaha, which is a statement of the tongue. The lowest form of Iman is Imatatul Adani Tariq, to remove a harmful object from the path. Wal to min al- iman, and shyness is a branch of faith, which stems from the heart. So the sughar, the young should be taught these type of mutun, these type of texts that are summarized because it is like an introduction to uh, the various different sciences. الْأُصُولِ and it is the fundamentals that one should know, that one should know, these are foundations that one should be aware of. حرّي مالوصول حرّي مالوصول. Whoever does not know the foundations he will not reach his goal. And حرم usul حرم الوصول he will not know his goals, he will not reach his goals and objectives asool actually is important like studying waraqat, studying with the sheikh alim, salavi who can teach you the asool Alhamdulillah sheikh Sheikh Obaid, Havidullah, Back in the days, one of the books that he stipulated to read to him is Al Al Usul min 'Ilm Al Usul of Sheikh Nafiee Min and there's great benefits in that book. Allah, there's great benefits. It's muhtasar, Allahumma barik, it gives you definitions. It gives you definitions. Al Usul min 'Ilm Al Usul of Sheikh Nafiee Min In there, for example, he says to show you some of the the important definitions we need to know like Ijma' when you come to the word Ijma' consensus there are a group of innovators they reject Ijma' they don't accept Ijma' they say no Quran and Sunnah that's it but if they were to read books of usul fiqh of the ulama, they would realize that Ijma' stemming from the narrations verses from the Quran is Deen Ijma' is Deen as well as well so you have Qur'an. Shaykh al used to always mention the Nass the proof, Qur'an Sunnah, and Ijma. They go hand in hand, because Ijma has been protected by Allah. When the when the Prophet said hadith in Tirmidh, which is Hasan Shahid, Hasan and that is Ummati la tistamiu al-Ḍalala. My Ummah will not unite upon misguidance. Imam Al-Shafi'i, said, Ayatul al is Surah al-Nisa, verse 115 that shows you that there is proof for ijma that is mentioned in Ahkam al-Qur'an. Ayatul al-Ijma. What is Ayatul al-Ijma? وَمَن يُشَاقِقَ الرَّسُولَ مِن بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ الْهُدَى غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِمَا وَنُصْلِهِ And contends with the messengers وسلم, after the guidance has been give, given to them, and he follows a path other than the way of the believers. Ijma, the believers, the Sahaba, Ijma. So it's not enough just to go against the messengers and he follows a path other than the way of the believers, the consensus of the Sahaba. They will leave him in the path he has chosen and land him in the hellfire, or what an evil place that is. So l- this ijma, what is the ijma? What is the ijma that is un- that is binding? The ijma that is binding, as Ibn Taymiyyah said in al-Aqidah al wasatiyah at the end of this book. He said, the Ijma' that is Mu'tabar, that is understood, that is taken, is the Ijma' of the Salaf. Because it was easy to ascertain Ijma' then. They were all in one place, uh, or one area. The Ijma' of the Sa'aba. Easier to ascertain Ijma'. Alhamdulillah, you have books of the scholars, like Al-Ajuri. Imam Al-Ajurri. Imam Al-Ajurri, rahimullah. He's got a book called the Sharia. Where he mentioned Wa Sahaba, Wa وَأَجْمَعَ Sahaba, وَأَجْمَعَ وَأَجْمَعَ And he showed us what the where the ijma' is. And other than him, from the scholars, they mentioned Ijma'ah. So Ijma'ah, Shaykhir Ramullah says, It is impossible that the sahaba unite upon a matter and differ with the sunnah. That's a beautiful benefit. That is in the uh, al-usul min al al-usul. It is impossible that they unite upon a matter and they oppose the Rasul And that's why the Ijma of Sahaba is deen because it is in line with what the Rasul Sallallahu said anyway. It is in line with the aqidah and the manhaj of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi So it's, they are on par. They are protected. That's why the Prophet said, so that is ijma, And also Allah said, So it's in Baqarah 137, And if they believe as you, Sahaba, believe, Ijma'a, then they will be guided. That is proof after proof that ijma is Deen. Where there was a Takfiri, we used to go around in London, Elias al-Takfiri, he used to say that there is no ijma. Subhanallah. Later on, he used to say music is allowed as well. He used to say many things, straight. He used to criticize Sheikh Albani, and he used to think that he was a muhadith, this man. We consider him to be muhadith, not muhadith. Muhadith, innovator, innovating in the deen of the religion. Not a muhadith. And where is he now? You see, anyone who ends up speaking against al Ilm, and speaking and becoming arrogant, huh? they claim something, they claim that Layla is theirs and Layla says, I don't belong to any one of you. She says, I don't belong to any one of you. They all claim Layla is theirs. But Layla says, I don't belong to any one of you. So so you can claim something, but the reality is something else. So, usul is important to study, but study with a scholar in in uh, who has the correct understanding, correct belief, correct methodology, he will put it in the right place, put their affairs in the right place. And it is like definitions. As for qawahid al-fiqhiyya, al Fiqhiyah are principles in fiqh, derived from the narrations. Like for example, sheik al sa'di he said, al-niyatu shar amal biha Intention, al uh, Shartun is a condition for all actions. Where is that derived from? Hadith. إِنَّمَا الْعْمَالُ بِنِيَاتِ So you can see they're all uh, derived directly from the narrations. فَحْرِصْ لِفَهْمِكَ لِلْقَوَاعِدِ فَحْرِصْ لِفَهْمِكَ لِلْقَوَاعِدِ فَتَرْتَقِبْ bil-ilmi khayra murtaqa wa qad wuffiqa. shaykh says so be ardent in learning the principles of fiqh and you will be raised with the ilm because you'll be putting everything in its place and you will follow the path of those who have been enlightened you will follow the path so learn usul is good learning usul and learning from the the aqidah the correct aqidah so the one who starts as a beginner he doesn't learn from the big books but rather he starts with the smaller books so you shouldn't start with Bukhari and from the strangest of affairs that I've seen is uh, some individual i don't know who he is but it just made me realize that this is not the way of the salaf not the way of the scholars he's teaching in america Fath al-bari are you teaching mashaAllah they've got the, that far now you're teaching Fath al-bari Fath al-bari the explanation of bukhari shaykh fawzali saying don't even teach bukhari yet as a beginner You want to read Fath al-Bani, you read it yourself. You want to teach it? Where have you reached? You must be some big scholar in America that nobody knows you or Muslim. Yes, study these books. But first, before these books, study the smaller books. Some people, for example, they'll study Mughni of Ibn Qudama in in fiqh. Maybe, Maybe what, 15 volumes? start with the uh, al-Fiq smaller one volume one half a volume if you like start with the uh, slowly and slowly Minhaj al-Sadiqin of Sheikh Sa'di which is a shortened fiqh book yeah study the books of fiqh but start with tadaruj by levels don't start with the big books or they in the Arabic language they study kitab by Sibawi why are you going kitab by sea boy to start with the ajrumiya then mutamima then qatar al-nada start slowly slowly go to the big books and now start with the smaller books this is just you know using up your energy without benefit start with the smaller books وَلَا يَأْخُذْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ شَيْئًا And the person who actually would not really benefit from that knowledge if he starts with the bigger books. لَأَنَّهُ يَسِيرٌ عَلَىٰ غَيْرِ طَرِيْقِ التَّرْبِيَّةِ Because he is treading the path of other than the correct path. غَيْرِ بَابِهِ And he studied knowledge from other than its door. Start from the basics. وَلَيْسَ الْبِرُ بِأَنْ تَأْتُ الْبُّيُوتَ مِنْ ظُهُورِهَا It is not righteousness that you enter the houses from the back. وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنِ اتَّقَى But righteousness is the one who is pious. وَأْتُ الْبُّيُوتَ مِنْ أَبْوَابِهَا And enter the houses from their front doors. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And fear Allah that you may be successful. Shaykh Fauzan continues, he says, فَالْمُبْتَدِئُونَ يُلَقَّنُونَ الْوَاجِبَات the one starting out, is a beginner. He's told about the obligations only at the beginning. نعم، ولا لهم You shouldn't stop giving them details and branches where they they cannot, uh, they haven't even established the wajibat, the obligations. <inaudible> فإذا ما تجاوزوا مرحلة البداية فإنه يتواسى معهم في التعليم. So once they passed through the first stages, the primary stages, then you move on to the next stage. وهو ما يسمى بالتخصص فيبين لهم الأقوال والأدلة والترجيحات بعدما يدخلون من باب العلم ويحصلون على المبادئ، مبادئ، 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 أو المبادئ. فيتدرج معهم شيئا فشيئا. من الكتب المقتصرة إلى كتب المتوسطة إلى الكتب المطولة، فهكذا هكذا يكون تعليم العلم وهذه طريقة التربية التربية الصحيحة. This is علم that will be upon the correct way. Studying knowledge شيئاً فشيئاً. Beginning knowledge يعني the foundation for the beginners and then moving slowly, slowly. Page twenty six. قال المؤلف رحمه الله ابن أبي زيد says, من 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 So the student is taught first and foremost the obligations, then the Sunan. The Sunan. That which the Prophet said and did, that which first and foremost its stressed sunan, the stressed and the voluntary Na'am, and something from the Adab, something from the, the manners. And also some sentences from Usul fiqh, like we have just mentioned. Sheikh Fawzan explains that obedience obligations are of two types. Or, if you like, the uh, obedient actions uh, are of two types. The first of them is the wajibat, the obligations, and the next ones are the mustahabbat, the preferable actions. As for sunnah in the Arabic language, when it is mentioned in the general sense, it means. That which is precisely attributed and affirmed from the Messenger Islam in terms of belief and worship. كُتُبُ <السُنَّة> And also, sunnah sometimes is used for, as a name for the books of aqidah. Like they say, kitab al sunnah or usul al sunnah kitab sunnah or Sunnah of Ibn Al-Asim. Or Sunnah of Abdullah, uh, the son of Imam Ahmed. These are all books of aqidah that are given different names. As for sunnah in the Islamic terminology or the terminology of the scholars of hadith, then that is what has been reported from the Messenger Islam in terms of statement or action, and that which he affirmed and that which he or his characteristic. As, then Sheikh Saifan continued, he said, As Sunan Bihad al Mana So Sunnah Sunan in terms of this meaning, which is general, then it differs. We're not talking about uh, we're not talking about aqidah here, we're talking about the wajib from the Sunan, from the practice of Prophet, we're talking about the mustahab, from the practice of the Messenger Sallasim, that which he preferred. These are all considered to be sunan, and also those that are stressed, Sunan. Like for example the witr is a stressed Sunnah. And when it was said to uh, one of the companions, Al-Witter Wajib, the other companion took it to the Messenger, sallam, he said, so-and-so is saying Witr Wajib. And the Prophet, sallam, he replied, he said, Kadaba, kadaba Abu Sanabil. <laughs> he he, he does not speak the truth. Witr is not wajib. Then he replied وسلم, by saying, They are the ones that are wajib. Five daily prayers that Allah has written in the day and night. So, Witr is not from them. Witr is stressed. And the person should not leave his al Witr. He should pray his Witr. Naam. But it is not considered to be wajib. Praying to Rak'ahs in the masjid. As you enter the masjid, this is wajib why because the process he commanded it so when does a command become an obligation it's an obligation if there is nothing to say otherwise that is from usul a command is an obligation فأنتو, whatever it takes tells you Take it. Whenever he forbids you from, keep away from it. Obey Allah and obey the Messenger. أطيع الله الرسول ولا تولوا عنه أنتم تسمعون. And do not turn away from him while you're here. الله الرسول. Numerous times mentioned in the Quran. Hadith of الله قال من أطعني دخل الجنة ومن all of my Allah will enter paradise except those who have refused. They said, Which one would refuse to enter paradise? He sallam, said, Those who obey me will enter paradise. Those who disobey me have refused to enter paradise. So, obligations from the Rasul, it is from Allah, it is wahi. So, obligations are an obligation. A command from Rasul, are an obligation, and one has to do it. The proof is, Let them. Let those beware who go against, who oppose the command of the Messenger. <laughs> and to see them fitna, or you see adab adim. Lest a trial befall them or a grievous punishment. I remember back in the days, Hizb al Tahrir, they put a poster out, an article out. They said, Omar Bakri said, it only becomes an obligation if there is a punishment attached. And he was using that in order to say the beard is not obligatory. We said to him, the verse already mentions punishment. Allah yahadik. The verse already mentions that if you go against his command, you're going against his, you're going against the command, you've already been threatened with a punishment. فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ And the Prophet did not make any leeway for you not to grow your beard. Trim the moustache and grow the beard in different wordings. Let it go, let it grow, grow your beard. When a Persian man came with a big moustache and no beard, the person turned away from him. And then when he came, the man said, who commanded you to do this? He said, my Lord commanded me to do this. Who com-? The person asked him, who commanded you to do this? He said, my king or my leader. So he said, my Lord commanded me to do this, to grow the beard. Trim the moustache and grow the beard. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anh, was the one who narrated the hadith and the one who narrates Alam Rawa. The least that you can cut is after a fistful, a fistful. Then you can cut. Before a fistful, nothing is mentioned. They said to Mughamsi, somebody called on the on the phone. They said to him, Ya yeah, Sheikh, your Sheikh, but you don't have bid. You just have small one millimeter bid. How is your sheikh? He said, and he philosophized. He said, yeah, but the Prophet didn't say how long, subhanAllah. Didn't the Prophet say follow the Sahaba? The Prophet said let it grow. Sahaba, no one cut his beard under a, fist, uh, under a fistful. The only narration we have is Abdullah ibn Umar and other Sahaba and Tabi'in after a fist. As for before a fist, there's nothing mentioned before a fist. So where did you get your deen from? As for us, we take our deen from the sons of the Sahaba, from the Sahaba. Where did you take your deen from? The Prophet didn't say how long. Allah. The Prophet is bed, when he's leading the prayer, they can see his bed from behind him. That means it's wide. The Prophet did wudu, the water on wudu is falling on his chest. Had it been a millimeter, huh? It won't fall on his chest, would it? Fall in his neck. As the, wo- the voodoo, huh the wudu or the water wudu, is falling on his chest. Allahu Akbar. person's beard was big. As for fi- uh, a millimeter, Sallallahu Alaihi Why do you want to look like a woman for? A man is a man, akhi. a male. You could be a male, but to be a man, you have to grow your beard. Lion, dim between lion and lioness, is what? The mane, the beard. So why do you want to be a lioness or a cub? Be a man. Allah. <laughs> grow your beard and trim the moustache. This is the sunnah of the Rasul Which prophet came without a beard? Even Yusuf most beautiful. Huh? Allah gave him beauty he had a beard. no report saying anyone didn't have a beard from the men from the prophets now so trim the moustache and grow the beard. now move on to the so the different types of this There's those Sunnah that is stressed the Sunnah that is wajib so the beard is from the Sunan that is wajib and there are sunan, like for example, the awajib also like praying the two rak'ahs in the masjid as you come in, because the Prophet said, "If al-masjid, فلا يجلسن حتى يصلي ركعتين." If anyone comes into the masjid, let him not sit down until he prays two Come Command. Do we have anything else? No, we don't. Those who missed the the sunnah al-fajr, those who missed the sunnah al-fajr commanded pray after sunrise so but then in his presence two people prayed after after the fard of Fajr so that was means it's allowed now it became from the level of command it gone down to the level of being better preferable to pray after sunrise if you've missed the Sunnah of Fajr and if, that's what Sheikh Muhammad Bazmul mentions in his book called Tarjih or in his book called Bughat Tatawah. So you can find these aspects mentioned. As for, uh, as for other obligations from the Prophet ﷺ, the likes of, for example, raising your garments above the ankles, that's an obligation. How we know it's an obligation? The Prophet ﷺ commanded it. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ma Asfalama Bika Banfiar, whatever is below the ankles is in the fire. And as for those Ikhwanis and also the modernists who, go, who try to use the narration of Abu Bakr Sadiq anhu, which is in Bukhari, and that is where Abu Bakr Sadiq anhu, came to the messenger وسلم, and said to him, Ya Rasulullah, one side of my Izar goes below the ankle. I'm trying to keep it up, but one side goes below. And the Prophet Muhammad said, You are not the one who does it out of pride. So they're saying, They're trying to justify now two sides of their garments going below the ankle. And they're not trying to keep it above. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave you a belt. You can buy a belt. Allah can bless Go and buy a belt and lift your trousers up. Or your izara up, the low garment up. Abu Bakr عنه, tried. And one side came down. And the Prophet said, You're not the one who does it out of pride. So he tried. Did you try? And he only mentioned one side. You're trying to justify two sides? And if you do it out of pride, it's worse. Allah <laughs> That is for the punishment of those who do it out of pride. And there's a punishment for those who do it, huh? less punishment for those who do it without pride. So sunnah sunan there are those for example voluntary sunan like sat ad duha in the morning, the two raqa's giving charity for every bone in your body. The sun the sunan rawatib, which are sunan there's twelve raqa'ahs in the day if you want a house in paradise Or in one wording, 10 rak'ahs a day, but the 12 rak'ahs is mentioned the house in paradise, the sunan of praying the naam, the extra prayers at night, and so on. All of that is considered to be extra naam. So, amongst the sunan, there are those obligatory, those those who are stressed, those that are uh, voluntary. Then Shaykh said, so, the meaning of Asulfiq is principles that are derived with from the proofs. وَبَيَانَ bayan al الْحَلَالِ and also clarifying the rules and regulations in terms of what is halal and what is haram and what is wajib obligation, what is mustahab, preferable, what is muh, detestable, and what is mubah permissible. Ibn Abi Zayd Al-Qirwani continues and he says, and he said, Ala Malik." So this book is upon the madhab of Imam Malik ibn Anas. Ma ma min min so this is upon the madhab of Imam Malik and his path, and his way, methodology, and that also to make things easy in terms of those affairs that are, the name taken from the tafsir of the well-grounded scholars, and the scholars who have good understanding. Imam Malik, rahimullah, is from the scholars of Medina, the imam of Dar al-Hijrah, and he is well-known, who died 179 Hijriyah, and from the four imams that are well-known. As for following a madhab, it is allowed to follow a madhab so long as when the truth comes to you that shows you a mistake in any of the aspects of worship. Like for example, the Hanafis for example, they put their hands below the navel. From the narration of Ibn Mas'ud, this narration is da'if. And he opposes the numerous narrations of the hands, the right hand and the left hand on the chest the numerous narrations that you can find in musannaf ibn shayba that you can find also in the musnads also imam malik for example in his lifetime he was beaten on his arms and when he came out to the prayer he left he led the prayer while his arms are by his side so a lot of the malikis who blind follow imam malik in this matter they pray pray with their hands on their sides but again this goes against what Imam Malik believed. Imam Malik in his muwatta, he mentioned the narration about the right hand being on the left hand. So if he's on his side, how is it? how the right hand on the left hand? So therefore Imam Malik did not see, did not uh, teach the people to put the right hand on the left, to teach the people to put the hands by the side, but rather to put the right hand over the left hand on the chest. That was the matter of Imam Malik, but the people later on they changed. And they say we follow in Malik, but they're not in reality. And there are many different um, differences that occur, but at the end of the day, we follow the proof. We follow the proof. So, for example, if somebody says, where do we put our hands after rukul? On the chest or on the side? Sheikh Obaid al-Jabri, for example, he says, there are four places where you put the hands. Either you're sitting, you put the hands on your thighs. If you're standing, you put the hands on the right hand, on the left hand, on the chest. Or either you are prostrating, you put the hands, the palms on the ground. So you're sitting, standing, prostrating, or bowing, putting the hands on the, on the ankles. Everywhere, in each of these four positions, the Rasul Sallallahu told us to where to put the hands. So therefore, you must bring proof then, that the standing after sameyallahuliman hamida is different than the standing before hamida where's the proof of that if you don't have proof then you have to stick to the position of where you originally put the hands and that is on the chest and the prophet ﷺ said each bone goes back to its place before you came to the prayer where were your hands was it on your chest no. It was by the side, wasn't it? Then what did you do? You said Allahu Akbar. takbiratul ihram With your fingers towards your earlobs. Right? Where did the Prophet said put the hands after that? In the Salah. On the chest. The hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad. The Prophet used to put his right hand on his left hand on the chest. Uh, 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 while standing in the Salah. He's not talking about the market, is he? He's not talking about the streets. He said, in the salah, in salah. When you're in salah, when you're standing after rukur, when you stand up after rukur, are you in the market or in the salah? You're in the salah, halas. Then your hands go back to the chest. So we follow the proof that is mentioned. And there are many proofs. Moving the finger. Huh? Wa kay har rekuha, wayidr ubiha, you har rikuwah came in a narration which is sahi. Wayyad ubiha and you supplicate with it. Whilst looking at it, you supplicate with it. Alhamdulillah I saw Shaykh Nathaim Rahmullah in front of the Ka'bah, praying and he was moving his finger. Huh? Right until the end. Shaykh Nathay mir I saw with my own eyes. I saw Shaykh Rabi abdullah moving his finger. In the salah in the Shahud. Move your finger and supplicate with it. Sheikh Rabbi taught me a nice benefit. allah I used to move it fast like this. He said, La 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 ya waladi. Can uh shidda ta ainaya to be kanat lau shidda shidda biha means not that he used to move it with shiddah. But he used to move it with con- with concentration. So when you see Sheikh Rabi is doing it, he's doing it with concentration. So with concentration, that is more, is meant by shiddah, not as the many brothers do, like that. So the where did we find that? We found that from the hadith, Rassulullah. That he used to supplicate with it, and and the extra wording, he used to. Move it. Sheikh Rahimullah and his students, they used to say, no, 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 no. The narration which mentions he used to point with it is mentioned by Kibara Sahaba. And the narration that is mentioned that he used to move it was mentioned by a young Sahabi. So the elders take precedence over the the young. Sheikh Albani said, no, 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 no. He said, Moving it does not negate pointing it. Huh? Moving it, because Sheikh Mohammed said, You shouldn't move it, you just point with it. Huh? Sheikh Al Bani said, No, moving it does not negate pointing it, because the Arabs, when they made Ishara, they used to move their hands. So, وَكَانَ يُشِيرُ بِعَا There's no contradiction, Shaykh Albani says. Allahu Akbar. That is the best I've read in the matter. And that is, remove it, naam, with concentration, whilst looking at it. This is the proofs. Follow the proofs. Not blind follow madhab, or blind follow Shaykh. No, follow the proofs. And there are many examples like that. Following the sunnah. Now, Sheikh also continues and says, So this summarized book that we're going through isn't, is not easy, it's not difficult to understand. It's clear, and it is upon the way of Ahlil of the past. You will find that the books and writings are easy. So knowledge must be made easy, clear. Clear to the people, not something difficult. Don't make things difficult. huh when teaching, when explaining, don't make things difficult. Make things easy. Alhamdulillah. Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qirawani, he says, Ala he says "This is Alamadhab. madhhab Imam Malik later on he says, "Lima feehi, lima fihi, So just as you teach them the the letters of the Quran. Then you should also teach them the youth, the young, the children, the aqeedah, the yasbik and the fiqh. The ila illa kulubihim in fami wa was such that what enters their heart quickly is understanding the deen of Allah and its and its legislation. Maturja Lahom Barakatuhu, that which is which whereby blessings are sought, to Imadudahum such that they have a good end in their life. Fajab ila iladalika lima rajautuhu allah so I answered your call because his teacher asked him to write this book so he answered his call in that which he sought himself from reward in teaching the deen of Allah and calling to that know that the best of hearts are the hearts that gather good. Sheikh Saeef Uzan, he says, "You taught him, and he answered his request in the composition of this letter and its introduction. شاملا he asked وهذا من compose this summary and tura'i fihi al madarik bitadaruj this is the best way to learn and that is you learn by stages teaching the young the first level then the second level then the third level and so on and so forth so here we start likewise with usul al then qawai al arbaa then kitab al then kashf al shubuhat then al-aqid al-wasitiyah then al-aqid al-hamawiyah then a tadmuriya this is how the scholars mention these particular books and likewise studying عمدة الأحكام before فوتي حديث ذن عمدة الأحكام ذن بلغ المرام فكما أنهم يعلّ يعلمون القرآن يعلمون الفقه so just as they study they are taught the Quran they should also be taught فقه how to worship Allah ليجمع بين تعليم القرآن وتعليم الفقه والعقيدة هذا أحسن أحسن الطرق التعليم this is the best way of learning and one of the best books inshallah that you can benefit Especially in fiqh, in your worshipping, in your tahara and your salah, is an excellent book by Muhammad Wahhab, explained by Sheikh Abad and Sheikh Ahmed al Najmi. And that book is called Shurut wa Arkan wa Wajibati Salah. That's one of the best books I've read. With the explanation of Sheikh Abad, I found it just beautiful. You can really find it on mirath.net, and also you can find it also. In Slav, Marcaz Ma'ad, many years ago, we, stood, we, we did it there. It's a lovely book. shurut wa arkan wa ajibat as-salah. Naam. No. And Sheikh Hubert taught it as well. After Jummah, he taught it with the other books. ليفهموا دين allah Wahom صغار such that they may understand the books of Allah, the deen of Allah, while they are young. فليقال اسبروا عليهم Don't say, oh, they're still young, leave them. No. Teach them. Don't say leave them until they get older. Rather their time should be uh, used in the best of ways. Such that the deen of Allah is established in their in the youth. And the aqeedah is understood by them. And the fiqh is understood. But if they become old and they become busy. And they end up turning away from knowledge. That is a musibah. The young's not like the elderly. Look, Prophet taught the young. He said to Ibn Abbas, Oh, young man, oh, young boy, let me teach you some words of advice. And he told him the rest of the advice. Fadl Ibn Abbas, he put him behind him in Hajj on the same riding beast. And he told him to pick up the stones. That was Fadl Ibn Abbas. Yes, Fadl ibn Abbas, and he took up the stones. It wasn't Abdullah; ibn Abbas, it was Fadl ibn Abbas. Picked up the stones, and they were, some were big. He told him, Be warned of extremism. That it should be only a chickpea size to throw the stones at the jamarat. And likewise, the Prophet had Maad behind him on the riding beast, and he taught him, "Ya Mu'ad atadriya ma Allah ala al-ibad, wama hakul ibad ala Allah in fa'alu he said, Allahu rasul and he told him, حَقُّ اللَّهَ أَنْ يَعْبُدُوهُ وَلَا بِهِ The rights of Allah upon his slaves that they worship him don't commit shirk with him in anything. And so on and so forth. Prophet taught the young. He taught Anas bin Malik. Anas bin Malik was only ten years old. He lived with him for ten years. Umm Sulaim gave him, said, let him serve you. He used to get the wudu water ready, which they call wadu with the fatha on the well. Huh? And the fi'il is called wudu with the dhamma on the well. He would get that ready for the Prophet وكذا قال لعمر ابن أبي سلمة وكان ربيباً عنده عندما جلس ليأكل كانت يدوه تطش. and Prophet ﷺ taught, عمار ابن أبي سلامة. when his hand was going, and when it was, when food was put in front of him, his hand was going in other places. he said Ya gulam سمي before you start eating say bismillah. and eat with that which is in front of you. you could be يميني, you could eat with the right hand, teaching him Adab. The Prophet didn't leave the young, and he didn't leave the newly converted Muslims. Those who said, اجعل لنا anwat, anwat Make for us a tree to hang our weapons for good luck, just as they have a tree. The, the polytheists had a tree to hang the, their weapons for good luck. So the Prophet said, Allahu Akbar, you have said a statement just like Bani Israel have said to Musa Ij'al lana aliha kama lahum. Make for us deity, just like, uh, just like they have a de- deities. The Prophet didn't leave them. The man who said, Masha'Allah, wa shi'ta, Rasulullah. The Prophet didn't leave him. When he said, What Allah willed and you willed. The Prophet said, Have you made me a partner with Allah? Qul Say whatever Allah willed on his own. These are all numerous proofs to show you the Prophet didn't leave correcting. Uh, any error of correcting the young and the new to Islam. من So if they learn while they're young then it becomes rooted in their hearts and they can understand when they, before they get older. تجد على وَدِينِهِمْ تَجِدُوهُمْ أَحْسَنَ الشَّبَابِ So those who learn the prayer at a young age, teach your children the prayer at seven and hit them at ten. Lightly, from discipline. And you find them, alhamdulillah, by the time they get older, they're already used to the prayer. So teach them while they are uh, young. and Separate the beds. Separate the beds so that you don't spoil their morals when they get older. We ask Allah subhanahu wa to protect us and aid us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala wa rahmdika. Inshallah, after Maghrib, we'll continue from page 30. Oh.